0: Good morning. Welcome to our Palm Sunday service this morning. Uh, it's good to see so many of you here. There's a lot of excitement in the air. Uh, not only is it Palm Sunday when we celebrate uh, the arrival of our Lord and Savior Jesus into the city of Jerusalem uh, to start Holy Week, but it's also Confirmation Sunday and we're going to hear some faith statements and, and hear the commitments of our eighth grade confirmation class. And so it's a lot of excitement, a lot going on today. And so we're so glad that you could be here with us and that for those that are listening on the radio are able to join in as well. There are a few announcements I want to make before we get started. Uh, The Rose on the Altar today is in honor of Jean and Pat Shrolicky, who will celebrate 53 years of marriage on Tuesday, April 11th. Happy anniversary to them. Uh, There are some confirmation keepsake booklets that are available in the back of the sanctuary. They contain photos and a bio of each of our confirmation students, along with their life verse and statement of faith. Uh, There are a limited number of them, so we encourage you to take just one per family. Uh, the Monday-Thursday service this week begins at 7.30 p.m. here at the, in this sanctuary. Uh, communion will be served by intinction that evening, and we're having a Good Friday service uh, joining forces with the New Knoxville United Methodist Church uh, for the evening worship. The joint choirs will lead worship with a tenebrae service um, called Shadow of the Cross, and that will begin 7.30 that evening as well here at our church. On Easter Sunday, our schedule is as follows: at 7 a.m there'll be a sunrise service led by our youth in the ministry center. At 8 a.m. there'll be Easter breakfast uh, served here in the basement social room. At 9 a.m'll be a celebration worship service here in, in the sanctuary, and we'll still have Sunday school as usual that morning beginning at 10 5. At this time, I would like to invite you to uh, hear the words of our call to worship and follow along with me. There will be places for us to read some words together. Uh, It's from Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 10. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, Say that the Lord needs them, and He will send them right away. This took place to fulfil what was spoken through the Prophet. Stay to daughter's
1: eye, see the people to you. Gentle and riding on a donkey. On
0: a fall of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of them and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? Now I invite you to stand and sing our processional hymn, All Glory, Laud, and Honor,
1: number 173.
0: this time, I encourage uh, parents to help uh, find your children up here. Uh, And as they're doing that, uh, please take a moment to greet your neighbor and welcome them in the Lord. With so many people here this morning with the kids choir, I wasn't sure exactly how that would work, but appreciate your your willingness to do that, and what a wonderful uh, way to celebrate Palm Sunday by having the adult choir and the kids choir uh, sing that anthem together. I thought that was such a blessing to to hear that this morning, so thank you, Eric, for organizing that and all the Sunday school teachers that that helped to make that happen with practices over the last few weeks uh, what a What a great thing uh, as we go to the Lord in prayer this morning, uh, I just want to encourage you to, to be praying for uh, a couple things in addition to our usual prayer list as well. Uh, please uh, keep the family of Wilma Lammers in your prayer. Uh, she went to be with the Lord uh, this past week, and funeral services are, are viewing is tomorrow, and uh, the funeral services are here at the church on Tuesday. I believe the information is in your bulletin. Uh, as well as uh, we just want to thank God for, for a wonderful, wonderful Wednesday ministry that we had during the Lenten season. Uh, we had five Wednesdays in a row, um, tons of kids, tons of helpers, um, a lot of a lot of teenage helpers that were here, as well as a, a wonderful meal that we were able to share with the parents and families. Um, we had tables and chairs set up for about 120, and, and it looked pretty full every night. Um, and then there were some nights where I saw people grabbing more chairs out of the, the storage room. So what a blessing to have that! And thank you to everyone who made that happen and, and put that on as well. Uh, let's let's pray together this morning. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you. F- for a wonderful celebration that we're able to have uh, as we remember Palm Sunday the day when you rightly came to Jerusalem as king and savior and the people there welcomed you. Uh, Lord, we now look back and see how events of that week played out and what eventually happened, Lord, but but you knew. You knew exactly what was taking place that you were coming to Jerusalem as as king and savior. It just wasn't exactly what we expected. Instead of the conquering king, you came as a servant king, come to die on the cross for us. Come to be raised again to life to show that you have conquered sin and death in the grave on our behalf. So we thank you and celebrate that this morning and give you all of the glory and honor and praise that you deserve. We thank you for our our choirs, the the adult choir and the children choir that blessed us this morning. Uh, We thank you, Lord, uh, for the wonderful Wednesdays that we've had and pray that you continue to Uh, use us as a church to reach out into the community in ways similar to that. And we do also lift up Wilma's family to you, Lord, and pray that you would be a source of peace and comfort and strength during this time. Uh, Lord, we also remember, uh, Lord, events that are going on in our world. Uh, Lord, it would be remiss of us to not pray for those in Syria, uh, both those who have been uh, who, the families of those who perished as a result of the, the chemical attack, as well as those who are, who are now even now being sent to, to be a part of that operation, Lord, um, in our armed forces. We pray for safety for, for them as well. Lord, we pray for an end to conflict, an end to war, um, in and in a time when, when you will be our Prince of Peace, reigning forever, and we'll have no longer any need for weapons or things like that. Lord, we also lift up those other names that are that are on our concerns list. Uh, we pray that you would be with them. Your Spirit would give them strength and healing and peace uh, for whatever obstacles and difficulties they face. Lord, we pray all these things in the name of Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, "Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom
1: come. Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts." as we forgive our debtors, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory for Amen.
0: Amen. I invite those who are helping with uh, the offering to come forward at this time. Our offering goes to help support our radio ministry so that we are able to reach uh, people beyond uh, the walls of this church in, this, in our area as they listen in on the radio. And uh, our music this morning uh, is is provided by uh, our very own Bob Grimes. Thank you.
2: Is empty. No more traffic in the streets. All the builders' tools are silent. No more time to harvest wheat. The children and the aged, and in hand, stand all aglow. Who were crippled, broken, ruined? Clad in garments white as snow Busy housewives cease their labor In the courtroom no debate Work on earth has been suspended As the King comes through the gates Happy faces wind the hallways Those whose lives have been redeemed Broken homes that He has mended Those who He has freed I can see the chariots rumble I can see the marching throngs The flurry of God's trumpet Spells the end of sin and wrong Regal robes are now unfolded Heaven's grandstands all in place Heaven's choir is now assembled Start to sing amazing grace The King is coming The King is coming I just heard the trumpet sounding And now His face I see The King Coming The King is coming, praise God, He's coming for me. The King is coming, the King is coming, I just heard His trumpet sounding, and now His face I see. The King is coming. The King is coming. Praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God, praise God. He's coming.
0: This time it's my joy uh, to invite forward our confirmation class for 2017. I invite you to come forward at this time. Up here with us, uh, we have three members of our confirmation class. We have Sam Onspa, uh, Morgan Leffel, and Nick Tinnerman. Uh, so we're so excited to have them up here. And, and this morning, they're going to be sharing uh, their statements of faith, their life verse as well as uh, answering some questions uh, for us as a church to witness their faith and witness the, the affirmation of faith that they're making today. And it's something that they've been working for, for for two years, longer than I've even been here at the church. Right? They've been working on this for, for a couple of years now. So it's an exciting time, and it's an exciting thing to witness. So we're glad to, to be here today with you guys and to be a part of this. Uh, to start, we'd like to ask you a few questions as a class uh, so that we can witness and hear the faith that you're affirming today. So I ask you to to answer these questions together. Do you desire to be confirmed into the faith and family of Jesus Christ? I do. Do you renounce the powers of evil and desire the freedom of new life in Christ? I do. Do you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? I do. Do you promise by the grace of God to be Christ's disciples, to follow in the way of our Savior, to resist oppression and evil, to show love and justice, and to witness to the work and word of Jesus Christ as best you are able? And do you promise, according to the grace given to you, to grow in the Christian faith and to be a faithful member of the Church of Jesus Christ, celebrating Christ's presence and furthering Christ's mission in the world? I promise with the help of God. Awesome. Thank you for sharing those, those responses with us. And, and it's wonderful to witness the faith that they have learned and sh- learned to, to affirm today. Uh, As part of that, uh, I'd like us all to affirm the faith uh, as it's described in the Apostles' Creed. In your bulletin, uh, you should have the the words printed to the Apostles' Creed uh, there. I encourage you to read that together with us. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Universal Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You know, we are here today as a church gathered, not just to hear what they have to say and the commitment and affirmation that they're making, but to come alongside them as a church body, as a family, to to encourage and support them. And so as they're making their affirmation today, as they are committing to follow Christ with their lives, uh, we as a church are going to commit to support and encourage them as well. And so also printed in your bulletin, um... Is, a, or the, is the congregational promise I'm asking you to make. I'll read that, and if you're willing to commit to that, if you're willing to, to support these three individuals up here as they grow in their faith and become members of our church, I encourage you to respond by saying, we do. Do you promise to love and encourage and support these brothers and sisters by teaching the gospel of God's love, by being an example of Christian faith and character, and by giving the strong support of God's family in fellowship, prayer, and service? We do. In the class, you just heard uh, this promise that they're making to you. And so I want to ask you, do you promise to accept the spiritual guidance of the church, to walk in a spirit of Christian love with this congregation, and to seek those things that make for unity, purity, and peace?
1: We do. Awesome.
3: This time we're going to ask our students to read their individual faith statements. So we're going to start with Sammy Ansbaugh.
4: This is my life verse. The Lord is the everlasting God, creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary. and his understanding, no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths may grow tired or weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who help in the Lord will, soar, will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Isaiah 40, verses 28 through 31. I chose this as my life verse because it reminds me that God is all-powerful. If I trust in him, he will always be there for me. Through him, anything can be accomplished. I believe in the one true God, creator of heaven and earth. He is holy and exists in three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God is the almighty creator, savior, and judge. God the Father's love for us is unimaginable. He is merciful and his rule is everlasting. He faithfully watches over me, even in the lowest points of my life. He is always there. Through prayer, I can have a personal relationship with him. He always listens and answers my prayers. Sometimes I don't know what that answer is, and sometimes I need to wait for the answer. For instance, when I was three, I started to pray every night for a baby brother. I had to wait four years, but he did answer my prayers. (laughs) I'm so thankful for my brother Matthew and that God cares so deeply for me. God the Father is the source for all that is good. He mercifully forgives us for our sins, so that if we believe in his Son, we will live eternally with him in heaven. I believe in God the Son, Jesus Christ. He is God's one and only Son. I believe that he was conceived of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. Jesus was both God and man. While he was on earth, he had the same temptations that we have. But unlike us, Jesus was the perfect Lamb and never sinned. For instance, when Jesus was wandering the wilderness for 40 days, he was tempted by the devil three times, but each time Jesus refused the temptation. Jesus is the light of the world. Throughout his time on earth, he showed me how to live and how to love by example. For instance, his parable, the Good Samaritan, taught me that we should love one another, even if that means I have to go out of my way to show love. I believe that Jesus was crucified, died, and was buried. He sacrificed his life to take away my sins. I cannot imagine what it felt like For Jesus to know the pain and suffering he was about to go through, he did it anyway. He did this because he loved me and the rest of mankind so much. Three days after being buried, Jesus defeated death and arose from the grave and lives today at the right hand of the Father. I want to have a closer relationship with Jesus because he first loved me. He is the way, the truth, and the life. I believe in the Holy Spirit and that when I accepted Jesus into my life, the Holy Spirit came to help me in my daily life. The Holy Spirit is my comforter. When we experience a death in our family or some other tragedy, we can always rely on him to bring us peace. For instance, when my great uncle died, I felt very sad and lonely. But when I remembered that the Holy Spirit is always with me, it made me feel better. I also believe the Holy Spirit is my counselor, helping to guide me. He also gives us spiritual gifts like wisdom, prophecy, and being able to speak in tongues. I believe my spiritual gift is the gift of leadership because I enjoy leading others at school, sports, and in church. I want people to see the Spirit of God in my actions. My faith in Jesus Christ has impacted my life in many ways. I try to show love to other people because Jesus first loved me. I try to lift other people up when they are feeling down. I always try to have a positive attitude because I remember what Jesus did for me on the cross. I want people to know that I'm a Christian by my words, actions, and deeds. I need to keep growing in my personal relationship with God by praying, reading the Bible, and surrounding myself with fellow Christians. As a church member, I plan to contribute to the life of the church in the following ways. I will help teach our youth about God by helping with VBS and Wonderful Wednesdays. I will welcome people into the church as a greeter with my family. I will read scripture during the church service. This summer, I plan to participate in Bible study as well as attending the mission trip. I also enjoy coming to youth group and bringing my friends. Can I hand this to you, right now? Here
3: I have a couple questions to ask you. Sammy, do you hear in the presence of God and of this congregation renew the solemn promise and vow that you made or was made in your name at your baptism? I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and pledge your allegiance to his kingdom? I do. Do you receive and profess the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments? I do. And do you promise, according to the grace given you, to live a Christian life and always remain a faithful member of Christ's holy church?
4: I do. Wonderful.
0: Well, having heard your faith statement and and you answering the questions, we'd like to pray for you. Um, So I invite the elders as well as Sammy's parents to come forward at this time. pray for you, uh, lay hands on you, and, and this prayer is to encourage you and support you as you continue your walk with the Lord. Sam, may the God of mercies multiply grace and peace in you, enable you truly and faithfully to keep the vows you make today, defend you in every time of danger, preserve you to the end, and finally bring you to rest with all the saints and glory everlasting. We rejoice, O merciful God, with Sam in the gift of the Holy Spirit and in the Spirit's power to awaken us to the truth. And to inspire us to venture into the fullness of life, we give thanks that he has been moved to affirm his faith, help him to live not for himself, but for Christ and for those whom Christ loves. Keep him steady and abounding in hope, neither giving up, never giving up, pressing forward toward the goal of life with you in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Congratulations, Sammy. Thank you. Hey,, you you're welcome. Don't venture too far.
3: <laughs> this time, I'd like to invite up Morgan Leffel to share her faith statement.
5: My life verse is, "Is give thanks to the Lord for He is good; His love endures forever," Psalms 105. The Bible is a book of stories from when Jesus was on Earth. The Bible gives us information about our relationship with God in the Old Testament and New Testament. The Bible is a place where I can go for help. This year I learned many new things from confirmation. I believe God the Father his only son to, I believe God the Father gave his only Son to die on the cross for my sins. God the Father is the creator of everything. God the Father created everyone good in his own image. God is truly merciful. I believe that Jesus is the way, truth, and the life. I believe that Jesus is God's only Son. Jesus is the living lamb, Passover lamb, and born of a virgin. I believe Jesus died on the cross for me. He paid the price for my sin. I think of Jesus Jesus as my shepherd that protects me through the hard times and is always by my side. I, I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again. I believe that the Holy Spirit is God's presence. The Holy Spirit helps me every day with things I shouldn't do. The Holy Spirit lives inside of me. He teaches me new things and grows in my faith. God the Father sent down the Holy Spirit which he sent in Jesus' name. I think of the Holy Spirit as my guardian angel making sure I'm doing things right, and watching over me. He gives you spiritual gifts. I believe my gift is helping people because I love kids. When someone needs my help, I'm there for them, whether it is in class, home, sports, or even in church. I want to help people understand the Bible and help them with their relationship with God. My faith impacts my life every day with the choices I make and things I say and do. In the future, I hope I know more about the Bible than I do now. I would like to engage the Holy Spirit to help me encourage others to know Christ by my actions and decisions. Now that I am a member of the church, I want to continue to help teaching Sunday school and be more involved with the church and youth group. In the future, I hope to further develop my understanding of the Bible and strengthen my relationship with Jesus Christ.
3: Great job. All right, Morgan, do you here in the presence of God and of this congregation renew the solemn prom- promise and vow that you made or was made in your name at your baptism? I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and pledge your allegiance to his kingdom? I do. Do you receive and profess the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testament? I do. And do you promise, according to the grace given you, to live a Christian life and always remain a faithful member of Christ's holy church?
1: I
0: do. Morgan, having heard your confession of faith and and the answers to those questions, uh, we'd love to pray for you as well. So uh, let's go down and pray, and we invite her parents and elders to come forward as well. Morgan, may the grace, may the God of mercies multiply grace and peace in you, enable you truly and faithfully to keep the vows you make today, defend you in every time of danger, and preserve you to the end, and finally bring you to rest with all the saints in glory everlasting. We rejoice, O merciful God, with Morgan and the gift of the Holy Spirit, and in the Spirit's power to awaken us to the truth and to inspire us to venture into the fullness of life. We give thanks that she has been moved to affirm her faith. Help her to live not for herself but for Christ and those whom Christ loves. Keep her steady and abounding in hope, never giving up, and pressing toward the goal of life with you in Jesus Christ. Amen. Congratulations, Morgan. High five. <laughs> oh, here. Your...
3: Last but not least, Nick Tinnerman.
6: Isaiah 7-9, open the gates that the righteous nation may enter, the nation that keeps the faith. This is my life first because of all the things that are going on in the world, and we all could use a little bit of faith. Going throughout confirmation, I have learned lots of things that can help me in my faith, or just make me a happier person every other day. For example, I've learned some new things I believe about Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit, and here are some of those things. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for you and me. I believe that Jesus is our Messiah and our everlasting Lord. I believe that Jesus Christ is a powerful but yet peaceful person. And he will always be with me through young and old. Going throughout the Bible, I think of Jesus as a kind of a cool guy. For example, when he trashed the temple because of the sacrifices. Me personally, that would take some guts to do that. Lastly, I believe we are all protected and cared by our Lord. I believe that our God created the heavens and the earth. I believe he existed before time existed, and he is my creator, and I am his child. I believe our God is a peaceful God and loves all of us, no matter our color or how we are. I remember when I was younger that I had a torn pair of pants, and I prayed for a new pair, but it never happened, so I wondered. But in the long run, I got a new pair of pants, thanks to my mom, but mostly thanks to God. This made me realize God is a patient God, so that is why I believe, therefore, he is a patient God. I believe that the Holy Spirit will always be watching over me and guiding me through life. Like telling me not to do something bad. I believe that the Holy Spirit is a friendly spirit that wants nothing more for me to follow the Lord and make the right choices. Without the Holy Spirit, I don't know where I would be right now. All I know is that I'm glad where he has guided me to this day and will continue to guide me. I hope my faith will stay with me as long as I live and I can help others learn about their faith. I believe God has put me here to help others so they will know the way of God. I want my faith to also help me in situations where I may feel pressured or scared. Great job. All
3: right. Nick, do you here in the presence of God and of this congregation renew the solemn promise and vow that you made or was made in your name at your baptism? I do. Do you confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and pledge your allegiance to his kingdom? I do. I do. Do you receive and profess the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testament? I do. And finally, do you promise according to the grace given you to live a Christian life and always remain a faithful member of Christ's holy church? I do.
0: Wonderful. Well, Nick, having heard your confession of faith and your, uh, the answers to your questions, I invite you to come down so we can pray for you, and I invite his parents and the elders to come forward again. Nick, may the God of mercies multiply grace and peace in you, enable you truly and faithfully to keep the vows you make today, defend in you every time of danger, preserve you to the end, and finally bring you to rest with all the saints in glory everlasting. We rejoice, O merciful God, with Nick in the gift of the Holy Spirit and in the Spirit's power to awaken us to the truth and to inspire us to venture into the fullness of life. We give thanks that he has been moved to affirm his faith Help him to live not for himself, but for Christ and those whom Christ loves. Keep him steady and abounding in hope, never giving up, and pressing toward the goal of life with you in Jesus Christ. Amen. Congratulations. Here you are. You. You're welcome. All right, this time I want to invite the whole class to come back, uh, come back to the front again. Having heard your, uh, you know, you've you've made uh, your your affirmation, your confirmation together. You've done it individually, and now we'd like to do it together as a church. As I mentioned before, uh, you're not here on your own, uh, but you're here with a supporting body of believers at your side. And and, and as we do that, we want to read the mission statement of our church together. I believe it's also printed for you in your bulletin on the on the inside of the front cover. We're going to read the, the first statement and then the E statements uh, together as an affirmation of that mission of shared, shared mission of life that we live together. We are a community of faith who engage biblical truth to provide an environment where people mature as disciples of Christ. And to accomplish our mission, First Church will encounter our Creator, embrace Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior to become His disciples. Empower lives through God's living Word, the Bible. Engage with the Holy Spirit to provide guidance and direction. Encourage others to know Christ. Strengthen their relationship with God. Enrich the body of Christ by going forth and supporting fellow disciples. Now that you are becoming members of the church, do you promise to participate in the life and worship of the church and to live out this mission statement with the help of God to the best of your ability? We promise. Awesome. And congregation, let's welcome them together as the confirmation class. There's a statement uh, printed in your bulletin. Let's read that together. We promise you our continuing friendship and prayers as we share the hopes and labors of the
1: Church of Jesus Christ. By the power of the Holy Spirit, may we continue to grow together God's knowledge and love. Encourage each other to live out the mission statement of the
0: Church and be witnesses of our risen Saviour. Congratulations! There'll be a time uh, after the service uh, you. <laughs> that you'll all be able to uh, uh, welcome them and greet them and congratulate them if you'd like. They're going to be here at the front um, of the sur- after immediately following the service. And This year,
3: our confirmation class uh, chose "Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing" as their class song. So would you guys rise and sing that with us? Um, it's from it's number two in the blue hymnal.
0: Amen. You may be seated. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this amazing day that we get to celebrate not only Palm Sunday, uh, but also the confirmation of of these individuals' faith. We thank you uh, and celebrate with them and and pray, Lord, that you would seal that in their hearts and in their minds and encourage them, Lord, as they continue to grow in their faith. Uh, Lord, we pray that at this time you would give me words to speak. Uh, I pray that a message this morning would be uh, from you, Lord, and and that you'd open up all of our hearts and minds to what you have to say to us. It's in Christ's name that we pray, Amen. I was trying to decide what uh what to share with you all this morning, uh, given the special circumstances of this day, not only in the Christian calendar, but for our church with the confirmation class, um, and having no idea exactly how much time I'd have. That was another little challenge here, but. As I, as I thought about this message and thought about what we're celebrating today, I realized Palm Sunday and Confirmation Sunday, they really go together well if you think about it. Uh, Jesus' entry, his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, was filled with a lot of—I think Eric called it—pomp and circumstance, right? Pomp and circumstances. So, and, and, and Confirmation Sunday is full of pomp and circumstance as well, right? It's a—it's a joyous celebration. It's—it's a, it's a reason to—to to kind of go the extra mile and, and celebrate uh, these individuals today, as well as—as as well as our, our risen Savior, of course. Um, so, I wrote this message with. With our confirmation students in mind, uh, but it applies to all of us. I think it's a good message for, for Palm Sunday in general as well. We all need to be reminded that Jesus wants us to follow Him in every stage of our lives. Not only when it's easy, but also when the road gets tough. See, in Palm Sunday, it's, it was the beginning of Passover week. It was, and Passover was one of the most significant holidays in, in Jewish, uh, in the Jewish culture. Uh, it was, and so Jerusalem was filled with people arriving for the festival. And not just from Jerusalem or the surrounding area in Israel, but from all over the known world. Uh, after, uh, after Israel and, and Judah were conquered hundreds of years earlier, God's people had been spread out uh, all over the place. And, and, and so people... On, on occasions like Passover and other other things like the Day of Atonement, they would they would come back to Jerusalem from wherever they were living to be a part of that festival. And so this was a day where where hundreds and hundreds and thousands of people would be in the city and surrounding the city. And so there was a lot of a lot of action going on. And during that time, uh, messianic expectations were high. Uh, Passover is the remembrance and celebration of God's deliverance of His people from Egypt. And and it pointed toward a future day when God would once again rescue his people, not just from a political enemy or political power, but from sin and death itself. And since that was the focus of the festival, and with so many Jewish people assembled in Jerusalem at one time to celebrate that, there was a lot of expectation that the Messiah would arrive, that the Messiah would come. God's chosen one would finally arrive on the scene and so as Jesus is preparing to enter Jerusalem with his disciples, uh, he intentionally uh enacts some of these Old Testament prophecies that that were known about the Messiah. See, most of Jesus' ministry took place in Galilee, the northern part of Israel. And the focus uh and, and now with Palm Sunday, with his triumphal entry, the focus shifts from from his hometown and his home area in Galilee down to Jerusalem. And and specifically what we now call Holy Week, this last week of his earthly ministry. And so certain expectations, as I mentioned, were were known of the Messiah, were expected of him. And we see that in the Old Testament in passages like Zechariah chapter 9, uh, one we often hear around this time and one that's directly quoted in our passage today. Uh, verse 9 begins with, Rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter of Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, righteous and victorious, lowly and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey. I will take away the chariots from Ephraim and the war horses from Jerusalem, and the battle bow will be broken. He will proclaim peace to the nations. His rule will extend from sea to sea and from the river to the ends of the earth. As for you, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will free your prisoners from the waterless pit. Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. I will bend Judah as I bend my bow and will fill it with Ephraim. I will rouse your son, Zion, against your son's Greece and make you like a warrior's sword. See, this expectation is that the Messiah, God's chosen one, when he came, he would he would enter into Jerusalem uh, specifically riding on a donkey. And it may sound a little strange, right, for, for us, but, but kings riding on a donkey, they symbolized peace, not war. If a king was coming to conquer your country or your land, they would show up on a on a giant war horse with an army behind them, right? But if a king was coming in, in a time of peace, if a king was coming as a as a sign of of peace, they would come riding on a donkey. And so what Jesus is doing here is he's he's signaling that he is the king who's coming uh, in peace to bring peace. Palm branches were often signs of victory, um, and and what we get here then is the scene with with Jesus riding on the donkey and all of his disciples and followers that begin to follow him, uh, it almost becomes like this victory parade. And um, I know for people in Ohio, victory parades may be a little foreign to us, right, when it comes to sports. Um, but I remember last fall, uh, somebody got it, thank you. No. Um, last fall, uh, the Chicago Cubs won the World Series. And I don't know about you, but I, I'm a Cardinals fan, so that was a little hard to swallow, but... Um, but they had a huge celebration in Chicago, right? When the team returned home from the World Series victory, uh, when they were celebrating, uh, they went through the streets and there was confetti and partying. I had reports of upwards of 3 million people were a part of that celebration. I have no idea if that number is accurate or not, but I heard that. That was a celebration. That was a victory parade and everybody in the town knew what was going on. You couldn't avoid it if you tried. Um, I get that same sort of picture here, but maybe on a little, little lesser scale in uh, Chicago. But, but with Jesus entering Jerusalem, it's like that victory parade. And, and peop- the crowd just began to form and, and surround Christ as he came into the city. And the crowds recognized the significance of that moment. They started shouting things like, Hosanna, which is a word, it means save, please save. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, a greeting that was often used by priests to welcome people to the temple during Passover week but which is now being applied to Jesus with the significance of him being the Messiah. Uh, They're both quotes directly from Psalm 118 verses 25 and 26. They even call him the son of David, uh, which is really an overt uh, title for for the God's chosen one, for his Christ, his Messiah. Um, There was the Old Testament expectation and prophecy that that God's Chosen one would would come from the line of David that he would rule on David's throne forever. Uh, one of the most famous Christmas passages we hear is Isaiah chapter nine verses six and seven that talks about uh, a child being born to us and he will re- rule and reign on David's throne forever. And so we get this celebration scene, this this time of of joy and excitement in Jerusalem. Uh, and the crowd there that, that began to shout these things and celebrate were probably all sorts of different kinds of people. We know, of course, that Jesus' disciples were there. Uh, there was a larger crowd of followers who tended to go with Jesus wherever he went, you know, those larger crowds. Uh, there were probably just some random bypassers, right, that just happened to be caught up in the moment. And probably even some of his opponents, some of the pe- religious leaders that, that followed Jesus around and challenged him at different times. You see, it was probably easy for them to get swept up in the excitement of it all, to see that victory parade marching into Jerusalem and people waving palm branches and shouting these things. And especially, like I said, with the expectations high like they were at the time, it would have been easy to just get swept up in that excitement. Uh, when I was growing up, we always used to go to this, uh, this, this water park in Erie, Pennsylvania called Waldemere. My dad's shop picnic was there every summer, and they had a lazy river. Have you guys ever been a part of a lazy river? Right. You just go and you just, you just plop yourself down in an inner tube and you don't have to do anything. Right. The current just takes you. You can just float along and there's other people there. And, and sometimes even if you get caught up, the other inner tubes come and they push you along and, and there's nothing you have to do. You're just there and it just, you just become a part of the, the current and the parade. I, th- I see this victory parade, this, this march into Jerusalem like that lazy river, the people that just, that were there simply by accident just got swept up in the excitement of it all. You see, it's easy, it's convenient, and and sometimes it's even beneficial to follow Jesus when the crowd is following him. It's easy to do those things. It's easy to get caught up in the excitement and, and shout those words, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, when everyone else is doing it. It doesn't have any real risk involved. There's no cost. It's easier to go with the flow in those cases than it is to fight against the current. And so, in a sense, it's easy to follow Jesus at those times. It's easy to, to make an affirmation of faith. It's easy to, to claim to follow Jesus when everybody else is doing it. So the question, I think, comes, and a question you guys have to ask yourselves, and it's, it's one for all of us, is what happens when following Jesus isn't so easy? What happens when the road gets tough? In just a few days, this crowd goes from shouting Hosanna to crucify him. Instead of being welcomed as a king, he's killed like a rebel and a thief. And what will you do then? What will you do when following Jesus is no longer the popular or convenient thing to do? When following Jesus and claiming allegiance to him means going against the grain of the culture. When it means choosing between what you believe about God and what society says you should believe. These are hard questions, but ones that you three will have to face and ones that all of us have to face sooner or later. So the real question is not what will you do when following Jesus is easy, but what will you do when following Jesus is hard? There was a moment in Jesus' ministry when some of his followers began to abandon him. There was just, there was a scene where Jesus was teaching the crowds and, and some of his, uh, some of the people perceived his teaching as too difficult. And so we see this in John chapter 60, or John chapter 6 being in verse 60. Um, you see that scene unfold, but then in verse 66, it says, From that time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. There's this moment of decision. Moment of, of when the road gets tough, when, when it's hard to follow Jesus, what are you going to do? People that had been following Jesus for some time began to walk away. But the question Jesus poses to the disciples and the one he poses to us is what are we going to do when that happens? Are we going to abandon him? Are we going to leave him as well? Are we going to stick it out? I think people walk away from faith and following Jesus for many reasons. I'm not going to presume that this is the only one, but I believe it plays a role. I think some people walk away when following Jesus, from following Jesus when the road becomes hard because they put their hope and promises and they put their hope and promises that Jesus never made us. I'm sure you guys have heard these things before. Just put your trust in Him and everything will work out for you. Trust Him and pray to Him and He'll give you whatever you want. See, Jesus never promises that life will be easy if we follow Him. We get caught up in this idea that that if we just say a prayer, if we just follow Jesus, then every wrinkle in our lives will be smoothed out, all the bumps in the road will will be flattened out, and everything will just be easy sailing from now on. But that's not what Jesus promises. And when we believe that, the moment that the road gets tough, we lose hope and we turn away from our faith. Instead, Jesus says, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. That's not exactly a call to life of comfort and ease. The meaning of that call would have been quite clear in a matter of a few days when Jesus himself carried his cross to, go, to Golgotha. Jesus does not promise, um, excuse me, the other promise uh, that, we, that we need to hold on to is that he promises to never leave or forsake us, even when the road does get rough. Romans 8 talks about how nothing can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Psalm 23 Uh, is a classic for a lot of reasons. But one of them is how it describes God as the good shepherd, the one who takes care of and protects his flock. Another lie that we often believe, a promise that Jesus never made us, is that God will never give us more than we can handle. That's definitely a false statement because we face moments in our life that are going to be overwhelming, that are going to be well beyond our ability to handle on our own if we're relying on our own strength. But God does promise to provide the strength, peace, courage, endurance, and whatever else we need to deal with whatever life throws our way through him. If we're relying on ourselves, if we're relying on our own strength, we'll never make it. But he promises to be there for us and to never leave us or abandon us, but to to be there and give us the strength that we need to endure Paul uh, had this, this issue, and, and this calls it a thorn in his flesh, and he prayed three times to the Lord to remove that thorn from his flesh. But his prayers were not answered in the way he expected. In 2 Corinthians 12, he says, But he said to me, speaking of Jesus, My grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in weakness. You see, we can't make it through life on our own. But with the power of God in our lives, with, with his help, he can give us what we need to make through whatever twists and turns come and come in life. Jesus encouraged his disciples to count the cost of following him. And I believe that's what you have been doing through confirmation these past couple of years. And I, I pray that you all have, have thought this through as well. Following Jesus will be difficult at times. You will have to make hard decisions about whether or not to follow Christ and to trust in his word. And those decisions may cost you but it'll be worth it. Confirmation has helped you to count the cost. We have examined scripture together and you've been presented with the truth of the gospel and the saving power of Jesus Christ. And today you're choosing to affirm that faith and I pray that you'll never turn away from it. And I pray the same for each and every one of us here. Those of you who have been in their position some a few years ago, maybe some a little longer, but we've all been, you've been in that position to affirm that faith. I pray that you hold on to it dearly as well. Hold on to your faith statements. Each one of you is unique, expressing your individual character and your commitment to the Lord. And so hold on to them. Remember them when following Jesus isn't so easy. And let them speak truth into your lives. Sam, your verse encourages you to find strength in the Lord when it feels like you can't go on any longer. Put your hope in him, the everlasting God. Morgan, remember that, his, that God's love endures forever. That even through difficult times, his love never fails. And Nick, remember that it's by faith that the righteous nation enter, enters into a relationship with God. Take that message of hope and share it with the world. In John chapter 6, when his, when the crowds began to to abandon him, and Jesus posed the question to his disciples, You do not want to leave too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. I pray that as the road gets difficult for you in your life and for all of us, that we'll be able to answer that same question, that we will not abandon our faith, we'll not abandon our hope in the Lord, but we'll put our trust in him because he has the words of eternal life. Let's pray together. Father, thank you that you are our God. Thank you for these three who have committed... Uh, to their faith uh, in this public way, Lord. And I pray that we as a church would surround them and build them up as they grow in their faith. And I pray that we too would be reminded of the faith that we hold dear and grow in that together. In Christ we pray. Amen. In closing, let's sing number 174, Hosanna, loud Hosanna. you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.